I am proud to present Ezra and Keith in Cinemush. Thank you for tuning in. They are about to smush. Are you ready? And we're back. <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god, I forgot how to do this. Oh my god, it was going crazy. How long has it been? First of all. How long has it been, you know? Let's look. Let's pull up our Spotify, shall we? Hmm. Hmm. Okay, our last episode was November 18th. And that was after like two weeks off. <laughs> wow. Yeah. The other part is. <laughs> no, yeah, you have to keep. Don't keep the dead air. You gotta. The other part is it's been a year since the first time we did an episode. That's true. Past now. Yeah. We didn't quite fulfill the <laughs> promise of doing once a week for a year, but we did the best we could. We got. We did more than half a year. Yeah, I think that's huge. Yeah. Yeah. People wanted, they, they expect us to fail harder. <laughs> and we failed just like slightly not as hard. <laughs> Who expected us to fail the most? Our parents. <sighs> I was going to say Ben. <laughs> ben wanted but the ben downfall. Also, but Ben also, I feel like Ben also thought we could succeed. He had the faith. He, early on, he was like, okay, like, you know, we're doing some promotion. We're doing some branding. We're doing some marketing. We're doing some this. We're doing sure. some that. Yeah. He was looking at it as the boss girl that he is. <laughs> boss girl. Interesting. Yeah. Um, well, I hope people are happy. Because, you know, I think we're really just going to. Oh, these are potato chips. Sorry. Oh, my God. Welcome back to the podcast, everyone. What did you think it was? What the hell is this supposed to be? It's we'll taste it first. Because taste it first. Taste it. What there's like sweet. Describe the smell. These are Japanese potato chips. Korean, but yes, go ahead. Okay. Are you sure about that? I thought I saw a circle. Everything about this gives Japan. Yeah, this is Japanese, huh? This is Japanese. Okay. Um, Describe the smell. But why? There's these fleshy little berries as the only picture. <laughs> so are these berry flavored potato chips? You thought it was a bag of fleshy berries? Describe it. This is for Jesse. I'm gonna send, I'm gonna make sure that he listens to this one because he loves it when Keith eats on. Mike. It's like cherry. It tastes like cherry. And that's a cherry blossom. Are these cherry potato chips? I don't know if that's a cherry blossom. These are salty fermented plum potato okay. chips. Okay. Of course. It's really quite nice. Have you ever had that plum wine? I feel like we Yep. Yeah. That's with like good. the plum in the in the bottle. Wait, we drank that. Remember we cuz I had it in the fridge. Yep. We drank the plum. It's delicious. So it's like that flavor. I love it. <laughs> Whatever. This feels great. This is how we this is how we have to get into it. Are they good? Does it taste good? It tastes really good. Yeah. No. They're really sweet. They're sweet. See, I didn't know if they were going to be sweet. Oh, they're sweet. It's really weird. Anyway. Well, you know, what's happened in, in the interim? So much, honestly. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah? It tastes like... <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, no, fuck me. You're right. Why would I even It's try? very botanical. It is. Those are kind of good. I like it, but I also hate it. Here, try one of these. Because it confuses my mouth. What is this? Oh, God. What is this? <laughs> okay, it's a Ramune soda. Oh, I love these. Yeah. The little dissolvey, little fizzy... It's not as fizzy as I would want it to be, but. All right. So, bitch. While we've been gone, I mean, you well work in the industry. Okay, you're an industry leader, and a mover yep. and a shaker. Yep. Um, 
you know, many things happen. I'm the reason certain things win certain awards. Mm, part of it. Solely it. For oh, okay. No. <laughs> so you help. Um, there was one. Per, what do you call an octogenarian? But they're ninety. Novagenarian. There's a certain novagenarian who. Um, I was the only one helping. So. Frederick Weisman. Yeah. He's in his nineties. Good for you. Thanks. Suck him off. To the crumble. In the dust. We're already like, <laughs> let's go back to trying food. I don't want to. <laughs> but yeah, so, so and then what else? You know, all of award season and all the end of the year stuff. You know, missed all of that. Um, Sundance, you know, yep. you were there in person. I was there online. We yeah, saw two something. very different capacities. You yeah. as a as a simple enjoyer, and me as an Uber driver. But and you as an Uber <laughs> driver. <laughs> But hey, we do what we can to get what we can. Do you have any takes on mm-hmm. Sundance? Takes that like <laughs> off that like like what are your what are your takes that It was mostly usual? depressing because they say that. In the beginning of each screening they would show like a slideshow of like a photo from every year or a couple photos from like the eighties to the present. Mm. And you just watch it decline really in like real I mean, time. Like it, you see like Robert Redford. They're and embarrassing the for Institute. even putting that up because it's just right. Like, it's remember when we actually used to be a culturally significant institution? Right. <laughs> like a young Denzel. You see Jenny Livingston. You see, like, mm. you know, a Todd young Haynes. Richard Linklater, Todd Haynes. You see, like... People who were genuinely discovered there. And genuinely were like... Soderbergh, for fuck's sake. And then you just think about... It just makes you... It makes me think about the industry as a whole. And, like... Yeah. And it is... And the other depressing part was, like, it's the only American festival that... Matters in terms of like, like New York is a great festival, but you're yeah, not but gonna. It's not an up and coming. No, that's like a culture. They have thing. new directors, new films for that. But even it's then, not it's an like industry it, thing. It doesn't set a standard and it doesn't sell. Like no. Sundance is an industry festival uh-huh. that, at one point or at various points, create. I think the best example of what it is now, and it's not a bad thing per se, or what it was. Its last gasp was like Ryan Coogler. I feel yeah. like went to the Sundance Pro Labs, made for Rail Station, and then boom, yeah. went into. And I think like that's the goal now. Damien Chazelle was the same year. Similar thing, say. similar situation where it's like he was a Sundance. Like he he his Sundance short, the Whiplash, the short was there, and, and then, straight from the Whiplash went into making yep. not f- not like IP stuff, but big budget, big budget studio. Like there isn't a fest I don't And I think Sundance can stay that But I really wish there was a festival That was something else That like What if I I mean there isn't really a market for it now Like I don't think there's a market Do you know what it is for now? Sundance is for It's where all the year's biggest Streaming flops premiere And then get shelved on Get fought over and forgotten, and then yeah. you're just like, "Oh yeah, that one random Sundance movie, right? It's on Hulu now." Yeah, and no one cares. Hundred <laughs> percent. And like, then sometimes by accident, there's a great film that <gasps> suddenly, you know, like, yeah. and there's a there's a few every year. Yeah, and they're they're usually too niche to actually make big splashes, and yeah, um, you know. This year, it's that's what it's going to be like. Yeah, because the biggest splash was the Jesse Eisenberg one, in terms yeah. of narrative. Yeah, like it was just a big. That was good, huh? But like, what's that? Like, what is the, what is the like sh- the, the shelf life of that film? Like, oh. in terms of like as a product out there in the world, as a it is it going to go straight by, to streaming? I want to say Searchlight. It did. That makes sense. It'll get indie noms for stuff, and that's it. I think yeah but the and the fact that like yeah what makes me what i in my dream world there would be like a similar festival or there would just be a marketplace forget a fucking festival there would just be a marketplace for smaller scope films that yeah. don't need to make millions of dollars but yeah because that's make the thing a, sundance lost its actual edge as soon as it stopped being it, the goal stopped being like finding genuinely 
exciting new voices like that it's about their art yeah. and if it's interesting yeah. and no in, instead it's just they're only trying to find people ma- that are mm. going to be the next hollywood thing which yeah. like or like that will sell things that will sell want that you've lost the magic like you're you're that's why all the movies are like grasping at trying to be mainstream yeah you know which just makes them did Totem Bad. did Totem play Sundance? No, right. No. It was New Directors, and For it was before America, that. Yeah, it was, it was I mean, what? Where did it fully premiere? I want to say like somewhere cool, somewhere cool. Maybe like Morelia, like a cool Mexican <laughs> festival. I don't know. But its American thing was New Directors. Yeah, because I remember we almost saw it last year. I did. Oh, are we. You couldn't. Me, but could not. But I saw it there. And I am. Yeah, that's a great. That's a film that, if, like, why couldn't that be a Sundance that's, hit? It would be. Yeah. Like, it's cusp. It almost Okay, really it be. was a Berlin premiere. That's cunty. Yeah, because I feel like Berlin kind of is the Sundance of Europe in a way. I love Berlin. But do you know what I mean in terms of, we like... we sit here and speak, it, it's currently on. It's a marketplace festival, though, It is too. a marketplace. Yeah. yeah, it's a big one. Because Venice um, and Cannes really are And they're genuinely... They've... They're genuinely reaching for the the new debut, exciting stuff. Yeah, and the like. They're out s- there. Established. Yeah. European vibes. They've got it. They've got it, and it's. Cute. I would. I don't really know anything about it though. Even though there was, was there, what was all the controversy with them? Oh, that they were letting all the right wing, like neo Nazis, come to the. That's what it is. Festival. Yeah. Hey guys, free speech. Well, <laughs> equality. It's tough, right? Because. That is a part of it. Mm, awkward. Yeah, but unfortunately, like, they're you're Germany. Sorry, it's capitalism. Sorry that, yeah, that's but also you're Germany. Tough. Like that's you, tough. you just can't. I feel like you just can't. Why? What does that mean? Something happened in like something happened in thirty three or whatever. Oh, okay. Know, for like a decade. Oh, I don't really remember what it was though. Me neither. <laughs> anyway. I had a great joke. I had a great <laughs> joke, but I can't say it. <laughs> Oh, I believe I just rim shot it. Okay. Rim shot my joke. I'll say it. <laughs> I'll say it off cam. <laughs> well, then what else? You know, we've got. I mean, yeah, it really is. A, it's a stark contrast between those two festies. It's like, damn, you know, one's really that bitch, and I just wish I want to do like. Can we start a regional marketplace where we make tens of thousands of dollars, mm-hmm. but we create a and it's American because this happens with international films like Kino does this such other distributors do this. But like I want to do that with American films. I want to do like n- low ceiling distribution of American films where like we're going to make like if we're lucky 500 K. Yeah. Yeah. And like but show at regional like. At regional theaters in Tulsa, in right. Chicago, in yeah, at other places in California, like I want that to but exist. Because then a billionaire, the f- I know you need someone to just like bankroller who just wants to do it because it mm-hmm. for the art. Kino Lorber, that's him. But it's international. Like they don't do. I want it with American films and yeah. America, You know what I'm saying? Like yeah, I want there to be a market for people to make international style films in the u.s mm-hmm. like those types like ira Sachs would be yeah. the you know ira Sachs or when it's you know international companies have kind of cornered like movie speaking of passages movie is yeah. has cornered that for the world you know and they're europe based so yeah yeah we don't have it on our own front really i mean it's <laughs> like no and we don't also like because through us there has to be like you know you have to be a marketable film Right. And could that lead to, or do you have to start with a production company that will fund, that will help make these films right. made? Because we don't have government support no. like they do. No. There was a time there was. Like, yeah. if you look back at nuclear cinema, you see the National Endowment for the Arts on, like, Marlon Riggs films. Mm. On, like, or, like I, I don't know if it was Todd Haynes, but, like, in that era, yeah. there was still government money being put into American films. But that doesn't exist anymore. Also, like... <sighs> Just culturally where where we're at, I think, has shifted. Because yeah. do you see any new movements 
happening in American cinema? No. But there's no It's all demand. driven by the desire for success. Exactly. Because art, artistic success is not an actual measure of success in this country. Not at all. No one knows what that means. No. no. Yeah. Not in film. No. And if it is, it's... It's not American, really. It's like there is an American exactly. appetite they for have it. A sensibility that's not American, right? If, if they reject that, yeah. And it's like this kind of pretentious cinematic appetite, yeah, appetite for international style films. That, but where's the true humble? Like, where's our early Kelly Reicharts? Where's our Kelly people, Ira. Do, people wanting to really just tell a story and not? Yeah. Be you know, like what? Where? Where are they? There's no one. Paul I mean, Mazursky, like this. They like there was a time where like studios had the around, ability to just take chances. Yeah, I think they don't get to bloom as much. I mean, I'm excited that Annie Baker is really having a moment and yeah, have a moment this year with Janet Planet. People love that. That's like a major debut. Um, yeah, but you know, and things peak out once in a while. Things peak out once in a while. You know, I feel like a twenty four. It has had their moments, like <laughs> where they did it, and then, um, what happened to Annapurna or whatever? They it was? Cra- they went under. Yeah, they like really, really because they were just doing it down. to build a catalog. They weren't doing it to correct, money. And, and of course, they <laughs> they flopped. Right, they they went under. Yeah, very sad. I mean, yeah, that is yeah, sad. and they were seen as uh, the woman who led that company. I forget her name. Uh, was was kind of seen as a kind of like psycho maverick like uh yeah you know she's crazy because she clearly just wants to lose money you know like and no everyone just like shitted on her and then yeah was like yeah that's what happens when you act like that it's like well but i feel like they have films they did build a catalog and they probably can still make a tiny tiny bit of money licensing those films yeah i mean look at strand releasing that's when i think about like it's a distributor they're out here but they make just, I feel like they probably just make enough to just get by. You know, they do like. Do they have like some kind I don't of know legacy funding, like public I, funding, some kind of. I think they do like. like there's some like, there's some market for like, there's also the sorry, sexy. Side question. Yeah. Is there any relation between Strand releasing and the Strand bookstore? No. Okay. I don't think so. I don't think so either. I'm going to say. I don't know, but I because it's really Strand know. releasing and the Strand. There's which none of the pre, logos. which came first though. That's a good question because Strand was well, what the 80s. Yes. No, I think the 90s. I think Strand hit 25 years. Oh, I think they might be the 80s actually. Let's say 89. Uh, see, and they yeah, all out tour driven, and their list of directors is Greg Set the Cool, Greg Araki, exactly. Francois Zone, Jean Luc Godard, Catherine Briac, Claire Denis, Fatia Keen, Aki Kurzmaki, Manuel de Oliveira, Gaspar Noé, Andre Tichine, Terrence Davies. Mostly Bitch. non-American filmmakers because they were yeah. just distributing. Yeah. But uh, gr- I didn't. I listed one American person. Not Greg, Greg Araki. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's depressing. Yep. <laughs> Cause like, damn. Where's it gone? Whatever. You know. And I don't know if they, still, I don't know. I mean, it is what it is. The what we have as far as an American, it's funny. Like, you know, if you look at where the American movements were, it was always what was you know really the most out there, the most provocative, the most um, you know. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Subversive, you know? Yeah. And what's subversive now is like reactionaryism. And so what's cool Hmm. in American film now is the Utopia Films brand of Hmm. anti-woke cinema. Straight up like the Sweet East, Scary 61st, Sharp (laughs) Stick, like the Utopia brand. They're they're trying to cultivate something Hmm. because that's unfortunately the only thing to react against is like the bland, you know, liberal woke establishment. Now, now that's what's being reacted against, but it's just not as interesting. I like the sweet East. I like, actually like all three of those films, (laughs) Mm -hmm. but um, I don't know. It's not as exciting. um, Maybe 
maybe it's just because it's now. I don't know. We don't know what it means yet because we're too in it. But that's the only sense that I get of some kind of uh, collective thing <laughs> between a certain group of filmmakers yeah. that are all New Yorkers. You know, I don't know. It's interesting because I think a lot of the subversive here in the U.S. quickly becomes mainstream as soon as people yeah. see that it can make money. Yeah. So there, I don't know, like, I don't really trust that. Like, it's just not. If if it is subversive, it is, if it becomes mainstream to be subversive, which it has. Yeah, exactly. Over the last, say, 30 years, like mm-hmm. since the 70s, since the 80s. Poor, look at poor things. Right. Like, that is the ultimate. This is a mainstream subversion. All the favorite filmmakers of the 90s and 80s, I feel like, and 70s were subversive and then were like gobbled up by society, yeah, therefore sure. gobbled up by... Turned up by the wheels of progress. Yeah, <laughs> by the tendencies to make money. The people who wanted to make money took them all in. And it's just like, so what if... like? And that's the American thing. That's what we have to deal with all the time is... Because the culture is behind making money, mm-hmm. you can do whatever you want. <laughs> but but it's if it's not if it's making money, is it really subversive? Like, can you actually <laughs> yeah, be subversive in a market that just eats it up? Exactly. Like, you know what I mean? Like poor things, which poor things doesn't challenge any notion that is inside its accepted large mainstream liberal base you know it's like first step kind of 101 sex positivity yeah um and then some you know kind of timeless provocations Mm -hmm. uh you know with with subverting you know content of you know, uh, defiling dead bodies and yeah. fun stuff like that, you know, all played for, for extreme comedy. That, to me, that stuff in the film is more subversive than anything it's actually trying to say. And like you always say, like, film... You got dead di- guy, dead guy's dick that she, and she's stabbing him with a <laughs> knife. Like that, that stuff is great. Um, but film as an art form is seedy. Its origins come, like you always love to talk about, come from the bottoms. Yeah. So it's like, like so many American... On enterprises or you know what do you call it industries. marketplaces industries yeah. come from crime come from seediness and then just become everywhere and democratic mm. and yet like and something we're all consuming together yeah and especially with film it's just like fascinating to think about because we're kind of at and like maybe it reflects American society where we're just kind of at the end. We're in this weird, like not the end, but like all the culmination of different cultural movements. If we're talking specifically about film, like from the beginning of the 20th century to the present, there is all this, these fascinating trends. And now I feel like we're kind of just like, in the dregs like all we have the meal has been eaten the big the big films are all outliers they're not they're not attached to a trend like and the market has tar was an island it it came and went right that was the last great american masterpiece right like and there will always but i do think that will exist continue to exist as long as this is a feasible reality we live in Mm -hmm. where like occasionally there will just be a movie that but it's just not reliable anymore no and there's not room no. Everything is saturated and dis- and nothing is like it's like all distilled to a lot of similar things, checking similar boxes across the spectrum. There isn't really like I don't know if does genre really even exist anymore. Like I'm yeah. getting I'm it losing does, my mind. Like I need to. Does, I feel like I'm smacked. It does, but I think that I think that that's something you say after seeing what Zun- what Sundance presents as genre. But if you think about right all the it's films, think about the films of 2023, where everybody says it's 
everyone has called 2023 an amazing year for movies lay it out though because i just really don't like i understand the feeling but i think it comes from but then when you look at what's actually there a lot was bottlenecked because of covid correct so we had like yep some things just maybe happened to all come out at the same time and we're like whoa look at all these things coming out the same year but i don't think it really was like i think it was maybe a bountiful year in terms of like but in terms of the quality and the spectrum of quality what do we have like like lay it out like it's award season i mean you look at the 10 right it's a it's That's a sad still 10 got to a me. week 10. It's still because I agree with past you. lives and the whole end um, and American fiction in there, right. which you, I could lose easily. Um, I like I can keep the other eight, but I could lose if and I'm look, being honest. Two foreign films like I know in our top. T- it's you know, it's like <laughs> that's where we're going for our big. And those are the best ones. of the bunch. Yeah, they are. They absolutely are the best. Well, of yeah, the bunch. They're t- yeah. without I put those in Oppenheimer right above. But they're all basically the same level to me. I mean, Oppenheimer is an Ameri- is a foreigner making an American film. Yes, the only American two American films are Barbie and well, American fiction Barbie and the whole Killers of the Flower Moon and the, and the whole Killers of the Flower Moon. Yeah, so those are the four. Which that's not that's a, a strong f- it's a minority. Barbie, that's a strong three plus Barbie. I don't no, think the actually, holdover- American fiction isn't that strong either. I don't think the holdovers is strong enough either. I think it's a. I, I like respect that. it. I like it. Yeah. But pretending that it's like of the quality of the four movies you're listing. Yeah. Come on now. You're right. Let's not pretend. Yeah. It's right. a good it's, movie. It's, it's a movie. I'm glad it was edition. made. Yeah. Yeah. It's a nostalgic yeah. gimmick mm-hmm. with good performances mm-hmm. and a good script. Yeah. And that's what he does. That's, that's what he does. He's like Wes Anderson, but with out the like cartoon like you know he's like it's cartoony still but he's Wes Anderson meets like Noah Baumbach he's somewhere in he between wants to there, be, where it's like he wants to he's trying to be um Hal Ashby and I don't mind that but he's not well of course he's just not because no. again Hal Ashby is a product of it that's exactly what we were talking about before he was that yeah Hal Ashby like who the fuck would that be in the 21st century? Like what? No, like who like would? That. Yeah. Who would get the entire, studio support the to make those allow- films? Exactly. That's As absurd. we've talked about so many times, those kind of mid-budget adult films are not funded because with they don't- like Harold and Maude didn't have a star in it. Like, yeah. do you think about that? Like, yeah. if Harold and Maude had like, if Harold and Maude came out now, it would have to be like Helen Mirren or Meryl Streep mm-hmm. or like. And the kid would have to be Timothy Chalamet or whatever. Like you couldn't have like the last detail and shampoo. Like his other movies have stars. But if you look at Harold and Maude, like who's in that movie? Yeah. And that's like a weird script. Weird movie. Yeah. And it's of course right in the heart of isn't I I think Harold and Maude is nineteen seventy. And it's his most important movie. Of his of his career, the most regarded, like mm-hmm. whether who, who your favorite, who being cares? There, yeah, great. everyone loves being there. Everyone loves shampoo, Very like Tonto shampoo. But yeah. that Harold and Maude is the. It's like his, do the right thing. It's mm. his, or Malcolm X. It's his like, if you take a filmmaker and say like that's their film, that is the film. It's Harold and Maude for him, which is crazy. Yeah. So then, to because I want to turn this towards. I think in this first one back, we should try and do a 2023. Well, yeah, we thing. were. Ki- I was. We were kind of leading there. Yeah. So then, as far as that, yeah, all the big ones, all the signifiers, you know, they're not quite so. Yeah. Underneath the surface, that that's trying to promote it as very like, wow, but what a good year! It's nothing that signifies a, a major return to no the way it was. But then, then what are the films, American or otherwise, that did make you hopeful and happy? From last year. This year, I mean, sorry, last year, 2023, I think the film that, like, deserves all its accolades and then some, for me, is Anatomy of a Fall. Like, that's the one. Period. That's the one. Really, really good. Just, <laughs> like, when we, when it I think... shows that something serious, adult, and yeah. somewhat challenging can be a big, big entertaining success. Like, it proves some of those things wrong, because people love this movie. And you know what? Like... Board. All kinds of audience members love it. Performance 
like it just it is it is my best picture because I'm like yeah there's movies like that I liked more maybe but if I'm just You're looking at the landscape for anatomy I guess well anatomy just anatomy of all just checks all the boxes even not my boxes it's yeah. just like it's the best script I've seen in and thank God it is around to becoming the front runner. It better it be. Won the BAFTA today. Okay, yeah. it's, it's gonna win the, the Oscar for screenplay, and That's it deserves awesome. it. And like, it, the performance, like every performance, clicks. It's really something. Which is like, for me, is kind of crazy, and because it really it's is so, doing so much of it is in English over everything else. That's exactly up. like it's it's just like, it's beautifully shot. Mm-hmm. It's beautifully acted. It's. A perfect it's just script. so confident. It's it doesn't feel the script. need to try and flash its brilliance to you. It's just so you look in at, itself that it just, you know, the, and like Justine yes, really knew what she believed in herself. She did, and I think also her know, goals were not lofty. Yeah, and it's and that's how she ended up. Wow, she she never thought she'd have a Palm Door winner. Like you no, know, and then everything. I'll never forget the day that premiere because no one was expecting it. She never had a critical hit. And no one knew who she was and here. Like, yeah, I mean, I barely, I, I mean, did. barely, exactly. Freaks like me did because she's been in competition before. But like, right. um, you know, with that day that premiered, it was like suddenly that was the only thing that anyway, everyone was like, well, "This is the clear winner." And you know what? Like, I hate to like, I don't think Neon. I think Neon is like a fine distributor, but they're not a particularly good distributor. Mm. I saw that this year. Let's, so I'm I like, want to talk about something else. Well, we can, but because, and I can't. Oh my god! I, should, I need to believe this. I want to talk about two point, films that got. I know shafted. We'll, okay. we'll get there, but so I'm like, it is truly reflective of the merits of that film mm. that it's it, it's doing its own marketing, mama. Exactly, <laughs> right? Like if you look just, at like it has a life because if you look at the Oscars, like you know. Warner is behind Oppenheimer. Mm-hmm. We have Apple behind. Kills no, Fire no, Man. Warner's not behind. Remember, he left. This is his first film without Warner Brothers. It's Sony. And Warner's brother just it's did. Sony uh, Universal. Did Warner Brothers Warner do Barbie Brothers then? Barbie. Okay. Yeah. Whoa. I didn't even realize that. That's crazy. Yeah, there's drama there because he left Warner Brothers. Oh, <laughs> he left Warner Brothers because of how they handled Tenet. He said never again. But that was really that's yeah. so interesting because that was COVID too. It was interesting. Anyway, so like, but I think you. <laughs> the thing I the thing I look at with like let's say I don't want to put anatomy against all the ten because I can't really think to do that. I don't have the energy to do that. But <laughs> when you look at because I was thinking like what does it mean for a film to be like well directed? Mm-hmm. Like, what does that really it's mean? A complicated thing, right? It's really what complicated. Actually, it can mean so many different things. Because it's like, I think what often happens with... Depends on how much you credit the film to the director. Is it all of it? Is it like... And if you're, if you're talking about it in an... It's a phony idea to, to award a best director. It's kind of Right. Weird. But if you talk about what often happens with films, especially for whatever reason, this happened this year with films directed by women, you'll get a... Like, you might get a Best Picture nomination, but you're not going to get a uh, Best Director nomination. Yeah. So what Unless does that mean? Unless you're Justine Trier. Unless this year, <laughs> like, it happened. But yeah. for some reason, like... But everyone's mad that Greta didn't, and they... And she didn't get one for... Didn't she get a Best... She got a Best Picture for something else, too, and not Director, right? Yeah, Little Women. Little Women. Yeah. She so did get the, the Director nom for Lady Bird. Okay. Which is... That's cool. And didn't... <laughs> and then Catherine Bigelow... Yeah, got she it. won. But then there was there's oftentimes, oh, sis, uh oh. Oftentimes no, you'll have <laughs> like uh. <laughs> no, we're in the middle, but like, don't worry about it. Hey, girl. Sorry. No, come right in. I'll be in and out. <laughs> you leaving? Yeah. Okay, continue. I don't want to have to edit this. I'm not gonna edit it. Yeah, I know it would be on me. I know that. That's why I don't want to. <laughs> no, I mean I'm gonna produce it and put it out, but I'm not gonna. It, there's nothing to cut. No. Um, our audience has adjusted to this. So I just think, excluding that argument, what is the 
Um, yeah, thank you so much. Send me these. Send me these. Get the thought out. Don't let her distract you. What? So like, if you're if a movie gets a best picture nomination, yeah. Shouldn't it also inherently get a best director nomination? Like, that's because really it, what makes sense. It yes. checked all those boxes to get that best. That means the performances are clicking. The set, like it's like all, you think the producers had more to do with that than the director did, right? Oh. And it's like, no, it's really weird. Like the producers had just like if a movie is a best picture, it means the producers and the director were doing their jobs. Correct, because the director is effectively the most artistic producer like yeah to me the like full the art the f- yeah yeah because you're sense. you're not like unless you're especially in this day and age in awards movies a director is not is obviously involved in cast is involved in all the things that the producers are also involved in mm-hmm. so it's like and then sometimes writing too which right. is like whoa so <laughs> it's like what is your Especially these, like, writing all the more these days. Mm -hmm. So, if you get, like, I remember talking about this, like, oftentimes when women were neglected from the director category, but Mm -hmm. did get a best, or, like, people of color were neglected from the director category, but got a best, Ava DuVernay with Selma. Mm -hmm. Best picture nomination. Did not, I don't think, got a best director nomination. So it's like you start to ask. I just based on that pattern, I ask myself a more regular question of just like, what is the difference? Yeah. Like, why um, does one get it? Like, what does it mean to then direct a film if you're not if you're nominated well, for to best have picture? Ten nominees for best picture and five for director is always weird. Which too, is like because it's like, well, okay. Yeah. Are you gonna ever nominate someone for best director who's not nominated for best picture? That happens. Yeah. Um. Iconically, David Lynch for twice. Wow. Once for Blue Velvet, once for Mulholland Drive. The only nomination for each film. Maybe there wow. was some more, but I'm pretty sure both. And at least for Mulholland Drive, only nomination Best Director. Mm-hmm. Right? In a case where they're like, you're, this is you, you're a thing, and we're just nominating the you category because you are this whole film. Yeah. And we don't know how to take any of it at face value except mm. that we know that you're great like doesn't that make sense to yeah, be like, yeah, yeah good for you david lynch but i don't know what the fuck to do with <laughs> yeah, yeah, especially yeah. hollywood yeah or Mulholland drive but uh oh god when else did that happen it's just it's i feel rare. like it must be rare it must it's be rare. really really rare yeah but it's, it's not rare for the reverse right even when it was five and five no of it course. would often happen that's true the yeah. reverse but then when it used to be five and five of course then both would happen if any yeah yeah there would be a mismatch but but like it's just it's a very very because i think that all leads me that was just a digression from me saying that i think anatomy of a fall is the best directed film of the bunch because I think I know what you I mean you know what I mean because just as far as hitting every aspect of like what your job is as a director the actors and also just like influence on editing as well you feel it all so well constructed that you know it doesn't feel like a bunch of people's work uh, patchwork together it's and Oppenheimer and Killers of the Flower Moon are well directed Gigantic. but they're so long mm-hmm. they're so messy in certain moments which is fine but it's just like their scripts are not and their scripts long, are not good their tight. scripts are not good comparatively in terms of like because anatomy is exactly the, the length that it those, should be those scripts were kind of chopped chopped up a bit yeah and the anatomy one and feels they, completely untouched even though we know that she did cut scenes but for sure it's hard to imagine that because it seems completely it's, it's some kind of weird alchemical thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And she was also like, I don't know. I just think it's really. It, anyway, to your question, I think that in terms of like awards conversation is mm. the movie that I can. It checks all those. It just checks all the boxes. Yeah. And for me, it's just like I can then what support about, it. What about outside of things exactly. that were completely brushed aside? Also, I mean, I do would love talking shit about past lives. Um I know. And, and that was the thing. <laughs> like, I had to really stop myself from just continuing being like, <laughs> everything that Anatomy of a Fall does and how I know it's 
a really well directed film is because look at past, past lives. lives is such a poorly directed film and such a poor script mm-hmm. to the point that like I trust those actors are good mm-hmm. but you're so bad as a director unfortunately sorry that Novice Greta five, Lee can't it. it's just really like Greta Lee's a like I feel like Greta Lee could be like Emma Stone like oh. I feel like she she has that basis in comedy i'd love to see that that basis in comedy so i and then you Mm -hmm. see like i could see her being an amazing actress in film yeah but this movie that everyone is like really it's dartling a fine by numbers movie and it's and i wouldn't be so hard on it if it got the reaction it warranted because i liked it let me be clear because i i I accepted it for what it was, and you saw it way and I was before. Like, yeah, I that's did. fine. Yeah, yeah, and it was it was not that. But even at the time, there was all this hype, and I was like, okay, come on now, you know. By the time not, I saw it, it was no already masters. on the trajectory to be like, it's gonna get all. Greta's gonna get nominated, best picture nomination, best director nomination. All these things were like best script, best screenplay, and I was like, which it did get nominated. For. You're kidding me. It's funny like, that can that we pull Carmen out here because like because we watched it together. I'm like, <laughs> Carmen, can you come back out here because <laughs> I feel crazy. We both felt crazy when we watched it. Yeah. Because by that point it was late fall, and everyone had been like, did "This I, is." Did I? Sh- I sent you what Richard Brody said about past lives, which he really yes, cut and it my down. dad sent it too. He did. Okay. Because he was like, "This is what." From what I understand, because they haven't seen it. Mm. They were like, this is what... Well, I love that he said, basically, every year there's one Best Picture nominee that's our, like... We're giving our indie filmmaker a little a little tap on the shoulder, but it's always... He says it's always these days something like, um, you know, virtue signalingly only compelling on that level or just, like, really, really, like, easy to accept across the board and not anything at all, per- like, you know, challenging or interesting. And, then he, like, Past Lives fits the description per- per- perfectly yeah. that it's, like, this indie that is so broad and almost feels like an AI movie, kind of. Um, and yet, For like, an AI of indie, of an indie drama. For drama. sure. <laughs> but it has the kernel. Like, the thing that drove me crazy about it was, like, there's the, the kernel there is something. The execution oh, yeah. is what's so lackluster. Where it's like, and the idea that we haven't seen this, like, we've seen, because as we talked about in the episode where we talked about it, like, I could name a dozen movies by, again, they're unfortunately usually foreign films, unless it's Ira Sachs or Kelly Reichardt. Like, mm-hmm. there, it, it doesn't exist here in the same way. And past lives could have been an opportunity to bring some of those like Taiwanese, Hong Kong, French tendencies mm. to filmmaking and storytelling to the U.S. But it was just a poor effort, and it's sad. Mm. And I think if you look at even if you look at like American fiction, where say what you will, like it has something to it. Like there's something. I don't think it's a terrible script. I think like. It has misses. Like there's moments where I'm just like, what American is? Fiction? Yeah, oh, there's, yeah. It's it has really misses. Weird. It's discombobulating. It's like, but there's something there's compelling tonally. there. Yeah, very a lot of tonal whiplash. But I'm almost like, you know what? If holdovers is there, let's put American Fiction there too because I feel like they're both. Yeah. Like there's something. There's like there they both have this audience, last gasp yeah. energy to them of like. This, this like Woody a, Allen a sense of masculinity, of a yeah. dying breed of movie, yeah. a dying sense of like a, in a character masculinity as self-deprecating as this mm-hmm. like you know novelistic, mm-hmm. very like writery, very academic sense of woe is me yep. that the Jeffrey Wright and, all that I've lost out on. Yep, and Jeffrey Wright and Paul Giamatti are kind of like. Great <laughs> doppelgangers. Yeah. I was realizing, Jeffrey like, right, you could say is black <laughs> right? And like, because they both, like, if you know you, if you know, if you know the you know. things we know, like, you're so familiar with both of them, yeah, to the point that, like, for us, they've been around our entire lives, obviously, and like, but then if you think about it, you're like, how do I, like, are they famous? Like, <laughs> yeah, it's weird. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, because. Kritika was talking about like because they were having she watched those that she listens to that Who Weekly podcast. Yep, and it's like for both of them, it was, 
they did like are they whose or they's yeah <laughs> and i was like they i don't know they're kind of in between it's really that's a really hard question it is because like and the two movies are very different but like to me it's like very similar like similar audiences like for them. sure yeah very like similarly intellectual academic endeavors into but, self yeah but it also doesn't feel right to call them intellectual films. No, because they're not, the the people who made them aren't smart enough. Damn. On both sides. Shit. Alexander Payne. He's good at what he does, but he, he it's to me it's like who does he know? Like why does the academy like he I think his trajectory of his career is just right for him to like make a film check certain boxes and they're like well you know he's a great writer or he does this he does that and he's he has this respect that i just don't think he deserves i think his movies are fine but it's the respect you get by making solid stuff that'll get you more respect from the academy and from the industry and i think actors like making things than than being todd haynes who has repeatedly been snubbed by the oscars over remember never forget the the carol no director, no picture noms that year. That was just like a gut punch. That was like, and that's like are a movie hitting. He was like, that was his Oscar movie. I know, and he was like this, like because you could argue at this point, a lot of his movies were ahead of their time for awards. Yeah, but that like, one was I'm the one where it was like, like, like Velvet Goldmine, Far from Heaven, the same things. Where it's just like in a different decade. Those are exactly. here now. Okay, that's what I. W- this is a perfect segue. Okay. To what the fil- what I want to talk about because we're talking about neon and, and <laughs> speaking of films that you know they did not even. Well, it, it seemed maybe actually to give them a bone. Maybe it was just because they were putting all of their eggs in Anatomy of a Fall, so they were just like everything else can fuck off. But the way that Eileen got dumped and buried was really because talk about that was the only film from Sundance that year that was really something hmm, um, you haven't seen that yet i no, don't think it is this it's a film that leans into its nostalgia thing hard it does a holdover style uh old crackly logos thing right that we love we do love um and it really embodies a 70s psycho thriller that in the 70s could have been an oscar thing by giving these great actresses these really meaty yeah anti-hero you know roles mm. which used to be something that we you know would would put laurels on and then this year like they um, don't even they don't even try clue. to qualify it for yeah exactly that's exactly right yeah uh like a real heady nasty psychological genre thing yeah could actually break over and and Eileen I think because it's so in many ways hard to touch with a 10-foot pole especially in this days of intense morality that that you know the film about what's the use of of protecting such morality like really didn't hit people right i mean so maybe it, i think it's just it's not in the right time i guess culturally or socially but and i don't think they've so figured out how to market film several like, films at the oh, same no. time no talk to ava duvernay well exactly <laughs> that's the exact the other thing let's talk about origin which hell okay that movie was going to be hard to market no matter what. For sure. Weird In its movie. Own way, yeah. Weird movie. Um, not entirely a success to me. Um, but it but has some. Th- has enough. In a it's way. got some it kind actual of has balls. Um, and some moments where I was like, and it, "Is this really good?" There was just some moments me where I was too, like, "But then is I also said, really good? is this really bad?'" Both. <laughs> both. <laughs> I had both of those moments because, like. Me too. There's a moment, what was it? There's like a few moments where there was just subtlety to yeah. the point that I was like, and then there wouldn't be. Whoa! And then right. it was so much like heavy-handedness and yeah, it was an interesting one. But I, I don't know. Bizarre. I think I think because of that, it was kind of doomed from the beginning. People people who say like neon totally didn't give it. I mean, what were they gonna do? You know, are, do we do we really trust them to? Who could have pulled that? Like I don't know. What a strange. I, I just don't also sell of I movie. don't really understand this their... like part academic part melodramatic part yeah. art art house part epic historical sweeping scope drama what like based on a on a non-fiction, non-fiction book? academic work right yeah yeah Ve- like weird and we're gonna make the film about 
her writing her loss. and researching the book and her like her all the personal loss. stuff. But then yeah. we're also going to have sequences of her writing on a whiteboard, planning bruh, out bruh, her book, bruh, bruh. <laughs> writing the giant words and circling them. Oh my god, it's and so I was fun. kind of like, reminds you me know of what? Bohemian Rhapsody. Like, is that how we're, we're really being spoon fed that this is how music or books are like made? Like, you have to be kidding me. We're not that stupid. But in this case, I was kind of like, get it, get it, girl, just get it. I appreciate it being so more whiteboard. I really do appreciate more whiteboards on in cinema for <laughs> sure. Chalkboards, whiteboards, everything in between. Uh, that just reminds me of um, now when I hear whiteboards, I just think about you know the Epstein emails that were released about Stephen Hawking and that his whole thing that he would have set up is like a room full of midget women, and then they would be naked and ex- he would have them. Uh, write out equations on a whiteboard is that real now this is these are all in emails between uh, epstein and Ghislaine maxwell about their t- like you know their clients and stuff so just that got dropped in there and i never moved on but don't forget this is cinema y'all baby <laughs> don't forget so yeah whiteboards i just think of um stephen hawking yeah getting real aroused and saying oh yes baby uh with his little thing um, Yikes! To these little women, mm. but he just wanted that he wanted to be convinced that they were geniuses at you know astrophysics, and that's what he, and that's he was what like. Got him. That's what got him off, yeah. And that they were like that was a disabled real like he was. That was a moment of me. It's actually beautiful. That was and a Epstein moment. Could of set that up for him. That's really beautiful. I think. Anyway, um, but yeah, I don't know. Films like Eileen just completely whoosh. Yeah. You know, what happened to that? Where did our values go? I know. I mean, it's it's strange. I mean, we should get back to, yeah, the question of what. I really need to shit. Let's pause it. Because, you know, I can't, I can't fill the dead time. Can you? You know, I can't. I, oh, God. Wow, I really don't know how to do this. Peter, are you still listening? Ben? Mom? Marsha? Josh? Kritika? Jesse? Shah? I think that's it. I think those are all our listeners. Apologies if I left anybody out. Well, should I taste something more? No. The chips, candy. I don't know where my phone is, my gum. Oh, he's finished. He's really quick in there. He really, he does it all so fast. I wish he would leave the fan on though. Because it's nasty. It's real nasty. Mm. The sun is setting. Mostly. (laughs) But I kept it going. Anyway, you were in the middle of saying something. All right, well, let's just get back to. Because I think. What are other movies that came out this year? Worth celebrating? That we both really want to celebrate. And that actually, like, not ones that are coming out in 2024. No, that already. they, they 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 had theatrical. You can't talk about like stuff from festivals that, like, the Radu Yuda. I mean, of course, the genuinely 
you know, impressively bold films like May, December. Um, but didn't they get things? Yeah. What did they get? Did they get Best Picture? It only got screenplay, babe. Wow. Got shut out. It didn't even get for Charles Melton. Like, that was the one where I was like, damn, that's fucked up. It's fucked up. See, I love a fire. We've still got our European kings out here doing a fire was work. good. A fire passages, not European mm. king, but American working in Europe. Mm. Mm-hmm. Totem, although it was Totem shortlisted, flat. Totem is great. <laughs> and Priscilla was something too. I really, you know what? In a different year, I feel like Priscilla would have had some. Yeah. At least for acting, because I thought both of them were really great. Mm. Script. Priscilla. A Thousand and One. I really loved A Thousand and One. Good debut. Yeah. Yeah. Great performance. Got her that role in the Paul Thomas Anderson movie for sure. That's obvious. She really... And you know, did she even get it? Did she get an Indie Spirit nomination for... I want to say yes. I hope so. I'm pretty positive, actually. Because she really killed that. I'm I'm sure she did. She was great. Trace Lissette in Monica was great. Mm Mm-hmm. Otherwise, like, I don't know. I loved Asteroid City. Sorry. I know you did. His best film, maybe. One of them. I mean. Mm, See, this is what I mean. Like. Yeah, it's like. It's a fine year. Like, it's not. Let's not pretend. The things that I'm most excited about that I saw this year. Are coming next year. coming next year. The Beast is Huge can't wait for a year of genuinely I can't wait for a year of conversations about that movie it's fascinating the beast it's really, and, and, and fully tapping onto some a cultural phenomenon happening right now yeah because it's a, it's a film about our fears our social fears over being acceptable or morally right preventing us from ever being able to feel anything at all hmm. that that is major we're doing the work <laughs> You know, yep, 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 in France. yep. You should try those. Plum. Also, that film has a section <laughs> in America that's very American and about like LA and that American mm. man and like. And it's that British guy. Yeah. Yeah. Playing the real incel. Uh, what's his name? Elliot Roger. Oh. Or at least his character's, you know, supposed to be Elliot Roger, and every lo- every word that he speaks in his vlogs in the movie. Mm. Are from Elliot Roger videos. Wow, that makes me nervous. It's genius. <laughs> what else that's coming next year? Janet Planet. Janet Planet. Evil does not exist. Is mage. Do not expect too much from the, the end of the world. Riot last summer is major, though no one in America is gonna breathe about it because they don't know what anything to do with. Well, did you see La Chimera? Yes. Did you like that? It's lovely too. I'm gonna. I want to see it. Yeah, it's gonna. It's coming out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was nice. All the foreign girls are doing it. Like, mm-hmm. and you know, from Sundance, I really, really liked bringing out or handling the undead and between the between temples. the temples and stress positions is amazing. I really want to see that. Good one is amazing. Just got picked up my Metrograph Pictures. Kind of fun for that. Like your old that profess- film. Did you take his class? Hmm. Did you take that class at school? Laub. Yeah, I did. Shout out to him. Suni Asawigo. Um, yeah. <laughs> He, that that good one is a because my a, door is closed. Listen, don't let her distract you. This critic is in there. Oh my god. Hello. Margot's really sad because oh, she can't she get into it. my room. We'll let her in. I don't know. Anyway, that's not my business. Um, <laughs> good one is a good example of um, an America, uh, um, you know, new American indie with like a strong voice. Well, that's what Metrograph Pictures should be doing. Yeah, <laughs> like, I think that's otherwise. Really what's fit. the point? Yeah, bruh. Uh, everything else I saw at Sundance was mid. Yeah, or straight out horrendous. Yeah. Well, that's to be expected, isn't it? Well, I think we did something. I mean, <laughs> is everyone happy to let us know? We did the if deed. You're happy that we're back, or if you want us to continue. Yeah, subscribe, subscribe to my channel, like my. We should do a poll. Yeah, should we continue doing this? Or <laughs> do you all want us to shut the fuck up? 
That's the poll. <laughs> mm-hmm. Let me know if we should. It's a long time coming, this, this poll. <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, we'll see you next week. When we, I mean, you know what? Don't put this forward. We should get back into like regular planning episodes. Oh, like deciding what we would talk Like, wouldn't about. that be fun? Yeah. That was fun. Let's do that for sure. We're just talking about the same old shit. Love you, boo. Love you too. Happy to be back. Okay. Do your sounds. We'll see you guys next time. Squirt, squirt. Cinema. Cinema.